Hello, hello, hello. Women of color are expected to be strong. And this is particularly true in the black community. But what does strong actually mean? I mean, how does it affect our wellness and well-being? Well, we do know that Black women are under a massive amount of stress every day, and it's, it's almost like it's embedded in our DNA. Having to be strong on top of it takes a toll on our minds and our bodies. In this episode of Stress Talk with Marceline, we're going to talk about where some of the stress comes from, and then we're going to propose three simple actions that Black career women can take in order to live mentally healthier lifestyles. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. Welcome, ladies, and welcome to those of you who are watching via the replay and listening to the podcast. Are you a woman over 40 who is depressed, anxious, or both? Do you feel overwhelmed by your roles as a wife, a mother, an adult daughter of aging parents? Is work causing you to feel overworked and overstressed? I get it. I was there, too. And until I transformed the way I saw myself and interacted with the world around me, I was stuck. But you're in the right place. I'm Marceline Bailey, and I share what I've learned to help guide you as a woman over 40 to live your best life. Today, we are talking about Black career women over 40 winning with a mentally healthier lifestyle. Um, so where does this come from? Where you can see, I'm talking about myself, right? Talking about myself. I also had the pleasure of speaking with a group of women Friday evening and sharing with them, um, what stress really looks like and feels like when you're a woman of color. Um, not only did I talk about it, but I gave them a demonstration, which I believe really hit home with a, a number of them because, um, you know, stress is real and it is a struggle that black women deal with on a day to day basis. And I'm going to talk with you about some of that. Today, I'm also going to share some information that um, I've received from, I've learned from a surprising source. So, and I'll give you, oh crap, I forgot. I forgot to put the, um, the site, but I will tell you where to find this information, okay? Yeah, when I get to it, I'll let you know where to find it. In any case, we are talking about how Black career women over 40 
can win with a mentally healthier lifestyle. And I want to, um, I want to, I'm going to share with you some information that I think is going to be very helpful and it's going to be pertinent to how you um, react, interact, and respond to the environment that you're in. So let's talk about, um, let's, let's get into the meat of our topic today. Um, when I talk about mentally healthier, I'm sure you're saying, well, you know, what do you mean? A lot of times when we talk about mental health, people associate mental health with mental illness. And there is a difference. There's, there's a definite difference. When we're talking about mental illness, we're talking about um, pathology. We're talking about symptoms that are pervasive, that prevent a person from um, acting or operating in their normal lives, carrying out their normal routine that they do on a day-to-day -day basis. And mental illness is treated. It's treatable, right? It is treatable. When we're talking about mental health, we are talking about your emotional health, your uh, mental health, how you manage um, in the arena of life, your ability to be re resilient, your ability to um, respond to life's challenges with an adequate amount of stress, that meaning an adequate amount of energy and motivation that you need, as well as being resilient, having the ability to bounce back emotionally and mentally, and being able to release or let go of negative thoughts, negative feelings and emotions, and negative beliefs. So mental health is not just, it is certainly not mental illness, the pathology. Mental health is being able, as I said, to respond to life's challenges with an adequate amount of stress, resilience, and release. So as I'm talking about um, a mentally healthier lifestyle, I'm talking about doing, taking actions, and putting in place things that will enable you to live not only physically healthier, but mentally and emotionally healthier. So let's, I want to talk about some of the things that prevent us from doing so. And as Black women, we carry a load like no other. And you know, there may be some of you out there who are saying, I don't believe that, but that's very true. Black women, um, black women carry a lot on our backs. We do. First, we are responsible for ourselves. Then we take on the responsibility of our immediate family. And we are often expected to take on the responsibilities for seeing about caring for our extended family. It's part of what we do. It's part of what we've been taught to do. So in addition to seeing about one person, me, 
you know, I am tasked with and expected to take care of my immediate family, which I love, as well as my extended family, which I also love. But in doing so, oftentimes when Black women do this, we put others' needs, wants, and desires before our own. We take a back seat, usually in our household. Now, I know that Black women are known for running the household and social sciences, scientists um, (laughs) used to say that Black women are the matriarchs and they give the orders and they tell people what to do in the household. Well, yeah, yes and no. That's kind of true and it's not kind of true. We take on the responsibility when there are when others are not able to. And so, but in again, in so doing, we put our needs, wants, and desires on hold. We take a back burner. We always put, we put our family first. That means that we do not always operate in a self-care mode because we're always putting out and doing for others. Now, that not only is in our own households, it's also at work. Oftentimes, Black women are the engine that keeps things going. We're the worker bees. We work very hard. And I'll talk a little bit about that uh, later. No, I'll talk about it now. We're the worker bees. We are the ones who get in there and we get the job done. We work very hard. We put our hearts into it. And we do it because of the stigma we carry as Black women. Um, Historically, Black people have been called lazy, uh, ineffective. We've been berated for being ignorant, although we're not. Um, What else? What else? I mean, there are a number of things. There's a lot of stigma around Black people in the workplace. And so when Black women are in the workplace, we usually give it our all, especially professional women, career women. We give it our all. I'm not saying that people who work blue collar jobs don't give it their all, but I'm speaking specifically to professional or career women right now. We give it our all. And because we give it our all, we um, often find ourselves in situations where we are doing for others to make others look good when we will not do the same for ourselves. That is a big cause of stress for us. So not only do we have stress in our homes because of caregiving, we have stress on our jobs because of the very same reason. Now, let's talk about, um, I suppose to put that up there, sorry. So caregiving is one major source of stress for us, not only in our homes, but also in, uh, in the workplace. So what about struggle? Yeah, we, we, there's a struggle that we go through. Now, oftentimes when um, the 
Oftentimes when the majority culture talks about struggle, they talk about things like sexual abuse, domestic violence, poverty, um, being abandoned as a child, um, violence in the community. Rarely, they don't bring up racism. We, we can't talk about that. And they don't often talk about sexism. We can't talk about that either. The thing is that, yes, those are struggles that a lot of women um, in general have experienced. Black women have experienced these struggles as well. But when we think about Black women, we're not all poor. We didn't all grow up in uh, in, in impoverished areas. We did not go to... Um, schools with high dropout rates. We weren't all sexually abused. We weren't abandoned. Many of us grew up in uh, households where there were two parents. I certainly did. But there are other stressors and other, other struggles that we face. Um, all of these can cause stress in our lives and all of it does cause stress in our lives. But there is another aspect to that. Being raised in a household with emotionally absent parents causes us to experience anxiety and depression, as well as high levels of stress. Having parents, one or both, who were dependent on alcohol also as adult children of alcoholics, there are a host of things that go along with that. Having parents who experience depression or anxiety or other forms of diagnosed mental illness. Not having material things is a cause of stress that can lead, can also extend into adulthood as well as not having healthy emotional attachments. So I'm talking about a lot of things that can cause struggle, especially for Black women. But I don't want you to think that struggle is, um, is only uh, for women who, are, who live or grew up in poverty. It certainly isn't. Struggle is universal. It can be um, a part of the lives of people who've grown up in very wealthy households, as well as people who've grown up in working class households. And the things that I've just mentioned are things that are universal. So there's the struggle. Once we, we recognize that there's a struggle, we also have to talk about the trauma that we as Black women have experienced. We've experienced the, um, we may have experienced death, the death of someone that we love and care about who died too soon. And if we did not directly experience those things, we know someone who has, right? We know someone who has experienced that. The same with violence. My phone keeps going off. Sorry, you all. The same with violence. Um, we may not have experienced violence directly, but we know someone who has experienced violence, who 
um, has shared that. Also, growing up in a chaotic environment or living in a chaotic environment can be very stressful because you just don't know what to expect. And that's what a lot of Black people are living in right now because we don't know what's coming next. We don't know what's going to happen next. After the last four, four years, five years, it has been a traumatic experience for many of us who are people of color because we don't know what, we don't know. The safeguards that have been in place for years are being whittled away and we see it, but we just don't know how to change it and we don't know what to do about it. So these are very traumatic times for us and all of that increases our stress levels. Now I know this is very, this is kind of a hard subject, but I don't know, I just, I, I felt that I needed to say these things today for um, Black women who look like me, for Black women who are experiencing um, the struggle, the tra trauma, and caregiving stressors. I think this is a very pertinent topic that we need to talk about. And it's very pertinent now because so many of us are experiencing anxiety and depression because of these very things. Shame, embarrassment, and guilt. These are things that we often, Black women often carry because we feel as if we cannot share our struggles. We cannot share our fears. We cannot share our, uh, the things that are causing us concerns. Why? Because we're supposed to be strong. We're the strong ones. And we always have to put forth that facade of strength. When we are feeling like we are struggling or when we're feeling like it, we're, we're overwhelmed, oftentimes we feel like we're the only ones because we are conditioned not to share. So because I'm not sharing, then another woman who looks like me, who I may see every day, may not share what she's going through as well. And so we often feel that we're the only ones, like no one else is going through the same thing or, or similar experiences. Also, we often feel as if no one will understand. They won't understand what we're going through. Also, we recognize that our peers and other women who look like us are going have their own problems. They're going through stuff too. There's always something. We know that. And so we keep it to ourselves. We're embarrassed um, for what's going on in our lives or how we feel. And we may feel guilt if we feel that we've caused some of it to come upon ourselves. So shame, embarrassment, and guilt are also things that increase stress for us. So what am I going, where am I going with all of this? Well, one of the things that has been very, um, that I have 
taken on is I want to be able to share with women of color ways in which they can keep their stress levels down as well as be able to boost their energy. That is my mission, not only in their home, but in the workplace as well. Because when we're able to do that, we are able to live healthily, physically healthy, mentally healthy, and emotionally healthily. So these are this is very important to me to share these things. I also want to share that I know I've, I experience, I know where I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed and overwhelmed to the point of approaching burnout. So this is my mission. So I wanted to share too that research is now showing that chronic stress impacts us at the cellular level and it's passed down generationally. So if we are experiencing chronic stress or trauma or the struggles, all of those things that we're going through, it actually gets into our DNA. Remember I said it's almost as if it's in our DNA. Well, it is. It goes into our DNA and we pass it on to our children. When we have children, we pass it on to them. So it only proliferates because we are not addressing our mental and emotional health in a way that causes us to live a healthier lifestyle. And that's what I want to address. Not only does chronic stress impact us at the cellular level, like in our very cells, our DNA, it also contributes to hypertension, which is high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, overeating, stress eating, alcohol and drug dependence, as well as abuse, as well as other chronic health issues. And that's why one of the reasons we have to address it. So one of the things that I wanted to share with you um, in terms of in terms of managing, in terms of developing and creating a healthy, a mental, a mentally healthy lifestyle is that Gallup, you know, the poll people, the pollsters have a podcast and it's called the Gallup Center on Black Voices. Let me, uh, let me pop this up here. Okay. Because I, um, this is, where I found some very, very interesting. I know you see my arms. <laughs> they look so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, but I had to, I want to pop this up so you can see it. Let me show you. Okay. This, the Gallup Center on Black Voices has a podcast and they actually um, share information based on polls that they've done with people of color, Black people in particular. So the Gallup Center on Black Voices, um, in this, in the podcast that I listened to, um, and this podcast was, um, the episode was on Black women and their daily experiences. 
But in this particular podcast, they shared uh, a, shared some information that I thought was very pertinent. Camille Lloyd is the director of the Gallup Center on Black Voices, and Whitney Dupree is the associate director. And they were guests on, on this podcast. Basically, what Gallup has found, and again, they Gallup is a very well-respected poll. They do other things, but a polling, uh, a polling organization. Um, in their polls, what they found is that Black women um, are more likely to experience discrimination than other same gender races when doing everyday business. So what, one of the things that they mentioned is that Black women are less likely to be treated with courtesy than others when going for service. Um, that's real interesting because I think some of us have experienced going into a store and um, being ignored or being um, followed uh, because they thought that we were going to take something, but not really approached and said, and said, you know, and greeted in a kind manner. Hi, how are you? Is there anything I can help you to find today? We've all had experiences, um, like I said previously. Another thing that um, they found is that Black women are viewed as threatening. Now, of course, we we see that with Black males, that Black males are viewed as threatening, but Black women, too, are viewed as threatening. Can you imagine that? Yes, I can, because not only do we, it's not just physical threat, a, viewed as a physical threat, it's also um, um, our abilities can be threatening, viewed as threatening. And I believe that a lot of professional women see that, that our abilities, our knowledge, our intelligence, our creativity is viewed as threatening. Our manner is viewed as threatening. That's why we're often called angry Black women. Hmm, put that together. <laughs> put that together. Okay, let me move on. Okay, so they also found that safety was an issue, um, was a concern that increased our stress levels. But safety in the sense of not necessarily our neighborhoods being unsafe, but questioning whether we are drawing attention to ourselves. Because remember, historically, Black women are viewed as promiscuous. We're viewed as promiscuous. We're viewed as inviting um, attacks upon us. There are implications to that historical viewpoint because we may not feel safe walking down a street. We may not be, feel safe walking in our neighborhood, although our neighborhood alone, although our neighborhood is safe, considered safe. The other question is, if we're in trouble, will someone come to help us? If we're in trouble, if we're having trouble, if someone's trying to harm us, will someone come to our rescue? Those are all concerns that many Black women have. 
The other thing is secure. The other things are security and stability. These are all concerns that we have. And these are things that are discussed in this podcast. So I, I left it up because I do, I, I don't want to take a lot more time um, going over this. I think you'll be, you'll, if you go and listen to this particular podcast, go to the Gallup Center on Black Voices and then listen to the podcast, Black Women's, Black Women Daily Experiences, Daily Experiences of Black Women, you will get an earful and I think it will be enriching to you. So what about how do we, how, how in the world do we begin to address our mental health and develop a mentally healthy lifestyle? Well, number one, we have to assess we have to assess ourselves, right? And be honest in that assessment. We need to pin, I want you to pinch yourself. Pinch yourself and acknowledge that you are a human being with feelings. You want to assess, yes, uh, an, and a human being with real feelings, not just someone who's going through the motions. You want to assess how you respond and react to situations, both events, and as well as events, and how you respond or react physically, mentally, and emotionally. This is very key. You want to know what that looks like, because remember, the mind and body work in concert. They're not separate. They work together. The other thing is to acknowledge, as you're doing the assessment, acknowledge where you genuinely are physically, mentally, and emotionally. Are you tired? Acknowledge that. Are you mentally tired? Acknowledge that. Are you emotionally tired? Yes, acknowledge that. This is not a time to be strong. This is a time to be real. So the first step is to assess. Assess where you are. The second step is to understand that you're not alone. There are many, many women in your community close by who are feeling and experiencing the same things. We just don't talk about it. Why? Remember, because of the shame, embarrassment, and guilt, we don't share those struggles that we have, which we need to. And I'll get to that in a moment. But understand that you are not alone. Also, Understand that taking care of yourself is not a failure. Putting yourself first is not a failure. It's an in, and it's not an indication that you are not strong. Taking care of yourself is not an indication that you are not strong. Hi, Allison. Good evening. It's good to see you from Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Ohio in the house. Good to see you. But it does not mean that you're not strong. When you take care of yourself, it is an indication of strength. It says that you know what you need and you're going to make sure that you get it. The other thing that you need to understand is it's okay to say, I'm not okay today. It's, it's okay to admit that to yourself. I'm not okay today. 
It's also okay to share with people that you trust, people that you trust so that they can help you to carry the load. The third step is community. Community, 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 community. That's not a song. I just wanted to sing it like that. <laughs> okay, so the third step is community. We all need to be a part of a community of like-minded individuals, like-minded women, women that we can trust not only to carry some of the weight for us, but who will trust us to do the same for them. Women who will give us sound advice, women who can guide us to the answers that we need, women who will hold us accountable for getting what we need. This is what we need. We need to be a part of a community that takes a mindful approach to supporting each other, where there's curiosity and no judgment. So how do you, how, where do you find that community? Some of us have to build it and create it. And it just takes reaching out. For some, it's already in place. We've just not utilized it. The other part of community is to seek professional help. And that's part of what I do. In my private practice, I see women and I help move them from feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, anxious, and depressed into a life of um, in, wh in which they can not only manage, but they have the energy that they need to deal with the challenges that they meet on a day-to-day -day basis. Seek professional help. And there are many, many therapists out there. And you don't have to go to the first one. You see, you can actually shop around. Just like you shop around for that dress or those white pants or, or those slacks or that coat that you want, you can shop around for a therapist who you connect with. Your therapist is not your friend. Your therapist is a trusted advisor, someone who can guide you from feeling bad to feeling much better. Last but not least, I talked about your community holding you accountable. Your community needs to hold you accountable for your own self-care. You need to be able to pull away from your responsibilities, not only your actual responsibilities, but your perceived responsibilities, those things that you think others are holding you responsible for. So your community can make sure that you are taking care of yourself. So we're about out of time right now. And I know that's a lot of stuff I'm going to ask you to watch the replay, to watch the replay, because I threw a lot in there today. But it's just something that's on me right now. We really need to be able to support each other. And we really need to come to grips with where we are emotionally and mentally, because it is a struggle. 
It's a struggle to see what's going on in our country. It's a struggle to see what's going on in our communities. It's a struggle to see what's going on oftentimes in our homes and not have the ability to move the needle and change it. But when Black women work as a Black, when we work together, we can do a whole lot of things, a whole lot of things. Right now, my thing is helping my sisters become mentally and emotionally healthy and to stay that way. So what did I talk about? Black career women over 40 win with a mentally healthier lifestyle. And I shared with you the things that increase stress for Black career women. I also shared our desire to be safe, stable, and secure. I also talked about three actions that we can take to move into a mentally healthier lifestyle. Number one, assess where you are. Number two, come to an understanding of your current state. Number three, gain support or seek support via your community of trusted friends, colleagues, individuals, as well as developing a routine of self-care. This is August and it is National Wellness Month. And that's why we're talking about wellness and well-being all month. Next month, September, we're going to be talking about self-care. Ooh, and I know some ladies who can help me talk about self-care. Thank you, Allison. Thank you for that. And I know that you can help us talk about self-care and taking good care. So don't be surprised if I call on you and Alice <laughs> next month, because we're going to be talking about self-care next month. Well, that's it for me today. I'm glad that you all joined me. Again, watch the replay. Make sure that you go to the Gallup Black Center for Black Voices to listen to their podcast because that is what you're going to hear a lot more of some of the things that I shared. All right. I'm here. I'm here to share. Okay. I'll be looking for you next month. I'll, I'll give you all a, a holler. Okay. <laughs> love it. I love it. See, this is, this is what I'm talking about, ladies, a supportive community, people who can help you, people who can lower your stress levels, people who can build you up, right? That's what I'm talking about. That's it for now. I'm glad you joined me. I look forward to seeing you next week. And as always, take good care. Mm -hmm.